I am fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Welcome back, UC Basketball. Welcome back. What a night. Welcome, welcome back, CFP rankings. Yeah, CFI rankings. <laughs> Cartel rankings. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent me Venmo dollars for beers. This should be a how, hell of a How ride. exactly did that happen, by the way? Listen, if you listened to the BVP last night, okay, you'd know. However, you're that's, clearly that's, behind. I'm sorry. I didn't get a chance to yet. That's on you, man. That's not on me. I lived it live. That's fair. So I need everybody to Venmo me some dollars. <laughs> for what? For your puppy? Yes. Get out of here. For a new, All right. mi- for a new microphone. Yeah. You're using the same you're using the same mic as I am. Why is your audio different? I don't understand. At least you're not using your webcam mic like somebody has been. <laughs> Looking at you, Aaron. Uh that's that's fine. I don't <laughs> I don't particularly care. All right. All right. So Tonight, the CFP rankings drop, and Cincinnati has moved up to five, and that's after Georgia at one. You have Alabama at two. Oregon slides up to three. Ohio State moves up to four. Michigan comes in at six behind five Cincinnati, oddly with a win over or with a loss behind number seven, Michigan State. And that was, what, like uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, it, so it was like, very recent. So what you're saying is like head-to-head matters sometimes. Only and when losses it... losses matter other times. And like not losing at all also matters only if you're number one. Only if you're not a non-Power 5 conference. And also only yeah, sometimes. I mean, congrats to UTSA for finally... Uh, Finally making it. And they, they, they slid in, I think, like 23, something like that. Although know. Houston, who's 17 in both polls, couldn't make it. However, yeah, no, there, no, there, are, there are, there are, hold, hear me out. There, there's in the AP and the coaches poll, there are three teams with three losses. In the CFP rankings, there are five teams with three losses, but yet one loss, Houston. Can't get in. I would say I would I would literally I would probably argue that Purdue is probably the only team you can make an argument for as a three loss team being in 
in the top 25. All they do is win against top 10 teams. <laughs> if you like, I, I'm just really happy that we don't have to go play at Purdue. Same. That's where dreams go to die. <laughs> the spoiler yeah. makers, whatever other meme you want to use. It, it is not fun for these teams to go in and play Purdue when they have any hopes of making it to the top four in the country to get into the playoff. No, and then, you know, you see teams in the AP and the and the coaches poll like Coastal Carolina with one loss that can't make it into the CFP because why would we let you in? You don't help us at all. You you see a team like Louisiana with one loss that's in both the coaches and the AP. Why would we let you in? We You don't help us at all. But then you see a three-loss Utah because God knows who they've played. I mean, their, their, their best win right now, I'm pulling it up. It's being a little slow on me here. Their best win is probably BYU. Um, I'm sorry, that, that was a loss. Uh, th- their best win is, wait for it, uh, 18 Arizona State is their best win. Unless you count that that 52-7 win against Stanford last week because we all know the powerhouse that Stanford is. That's been yeah, made very, they, well, very Stanford rare. has Stanford has a, a win over the number three team in the CFP. Right. Why in the – so as I look at it, and we, we talked about it last week, uh, obviously, that Oregon – I don't know that they have a claim to be anywhere near the top 10, maybe 10th. Maybe, maybe you give them some credit for the Ohio State win at Ohio State, but then you have to dock them somewhere for a loss to a three, what, Stanford's three and six now. Well, I mean. After a, a, an absolute drubbing that they just took. You, you could also make the argument that we're still, de- I mean, the, the committee is still a, a, all aboard the denotation of Cincinnati's win against Notre Dame because Notre Dame is number seven in both the AP and the coaches poll, but comes in at number nine in the CFP rankings. Well, they got to they got to they got to they got to push them down a little bit so that there's not like a Notre Dame is above both Michigan and Michigan State and both the other rankings. But God forbid, God forbid, we put them with a loss to. Oh, I don't know. The number five team in your rankings. No, that's, I, the, that's I, the only team you've lost to. So, so Notre Dame. I, I, I mean, they don't have like any kind of like marquee win, top tier win, which is, uh, and and that's where I go back to like sometimes wins matter, sometimes losses matter, sometimes. Well, they beat Wisconsin. Committee. Of, that's how the committee because does clearly Oregon, Oregon is number three. Clearly based off of, and everybody said it, it's all based off of the victory over Ohio State at Ohio State, right? Sure. Because if you were to, let's let's flip flip the shoes here. If UC is 8-1 and one with a win over now number 9 Notre Dame in the CFP, number 7 and everything else, but had a loss to like, Hell, had a loss to the same Stanford team. UC's probably looking at like number twenty. Yeah, they wouldn't be flirting with the top fifteen. No right? shot. I, I mean, mean, you you in the in, let's be let's be all the way real in the CFP rankings. 
you have three loss Auburn. Three! Three loss Auburn! All the way at number 17. Well, I mean, they've got a game with Alabama coming up. <laughs> Weird. Weird how that works out. Even the Utah game. God, I, I, I'm, I'm just hoping, wishing, praying that Tavion Thomas with one last hurrah for Cincinnati. Oh, he's going to. That guy is a monster. At, with one I, I last... I could be happier for him. Sure, absolutely. Like, it it sucks it didn't work out here. That's fine. I'm not mad that he left. I, I, I can't say I wish he was here because obviously there's reasons he isn't here. Whatever. But kudos to you, young man, for writing your own ship. From what I saw, and I, you know, I watched a little bit of that the game uh, the other day. Uh, he, he's going to be playing on Sundays. Great, that's fantastic. And and he's going to start by helping UCL. Let's let's with- go. I mean, how this is the thing that I love to see, and and that I love to see the the CFP kind of like balk at, and I think the the rankings this week are are clear with that as. Houston is still not ranked, even though they're all the way up to 17 in the AP and the coaches' polls. Like, what are we doing here? With- I mean, that just reinforce uh, that just reinforces all the points that we sure. made last week that everybody else sure. made, like coming in. That if you were to put Houston into the top 25 now, and they continue to win, which they very well could, because they've been they've been playing well. You're only helping you see, because they're probably gonna that that's who they're gonna play in the in the championship game as long as UC handles business, get does what they need to do, and Houston does what they need to do. They're gonna end up playing each other. I look forward to the teams that they've put in the top twenty-five, just taking out some of the other teams. Now, the only downside to them putting some of these teams in there to make it look like a ranked win is now you can call it a quality loss, even though they have three. Even though they have three losses already, got like the only and the only the only people that quality losses help are uh, your you know, top ten teams that aren't UC that that aren't <laughs> non non power five. Because if you, I mean. When you Although look at Alabama, be- Alabama, Alabama gets beat by an unranked Texas A&M team at the time, right? Let's let's be honest though. Like, just taking ourselves back for a second. I'm sorry to cut you off on whatever no. point you're trying to make, but how mad are Oklahoma fans right now that they're still ranked below eight and one Michigan, who hasn't played literally anyone ranked at all, except except for Michigan State, except, and they lost. And they lost, but they're ranked ahead of them. Well, and so Ohio State, you can make the same argument for. They haven't played anyone who's ranked, well, at the time. And here they, here they are. Like, well, they, they did. They, they played Oregon. They, they played and they Oregon, lost. and they lost. So it's just, it's kind of a cluster. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess Penn State was ranked. Whatever. Penn and State. I'm not here. I'm not here to like, you know necessarily beat the Cincinnati drum right at this very moment because we all know that they they've looked pretty pedestrian in the last three weeks sure um I mean the, the Navy game I kind of expected to be you know an outlier of strange things and we've talked about that with just like the weird 
preparation needed for the triple option and yet i mean that that horse has been beaten uh, but then like you know he got a two lane and you're playing in front of like 400 fans and okay you should still handle business a little a little bit better but i think if you ask any of the the, the kids in that locker room they're going to tell you the same thing that they're not happy with with necessarily the way that they've played um and then you come in with the Tulsa game and it kind of looked like they were going to, you know, they got off to a hot start and then it like slowed down a little bit and Tulsa kind of took the the air out of the game by just literally running. And it wasn't like Tulsa was doing anything like trickeration wise or anything special necessarily other than handing the ball off to an eight foot tall, 400 pound running back and telling him to run downhill. 242 was his actual weight. <laughs> that guy number, is, number 24. Yeah, they, they were they were there was talks like they were. The, I don't know who was calling the game. Maybe uh, was Golic Jr. calling. It was the Golic game Jr. for sure. It's, they're like, you know, when, when are you going to go down there and see if, if he he'll join you on the dark side and and become an offensive lineman? Like that that dude is huge. I will say they didn't do anything special. They just ran the ball and we had three down linemen and there wasn't much adjustment that went on. So yeah, UCs look fairly pedestrian. Uh, but some of the, like when you just look at resumes alone and like Luke Fickle said at the end of the game, he's like, we're not here to be anybody that somebody else wants us to be. We're going to be who we are and we're here to win games, which funny enough later that evening, after the Alabama LSU game, they interviewed Saban when the game was over. Who said the same thing? Who said the only thing you know? He made his his critiques that he had of his team, yada yada yada, and ended it by saying, "But the only thing that we're worried about is what the scoreboard says at the end of the game, and we won, and we're moving forward." Well, and even today, I think it was either today or maybe after the Ohio State game, Ryan Day kind of alluded to the same thing where. We're not trying to drum up points. Like we're just trying to win. That's it. Like, and if, if everyone's frustrated, week- everyone's frustrated with the system. And if that's the case, that tells you the system is broken. broken. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, if if there's any week in college football you want to point to that is like you know winning is difficult, and if winning is hard, winning by a whole lot of points and yeah. you know beating your opponent into submission is hard it's this last week i mean no like if you're a betting person uh no team in the top 10 i don't believe covered the spread and that includes georgia's like 43 to whatever win they had um but you got alabama struggling with an lsu team that has a lame duck coach on his way out um you know oregon with washington 43-6 43-6 was the uh, the Georgia score, Jeff. And it didn't cover the spread. Correct. <laughs> so, you know, teams that were expected to win by X number of points w- weren't doing it. And it you're, you're, they're still playing other college football teams that aren't just going to come out and lay down. They're not, they're not playing no, they're, like they're high giving school football a top teams. 10, they're giving the top 10 their best shot. Why wouldn't they? You know what I mean? Like you're you you go There's out something and something to be said that, about that. That's your Super Bowl, especially if you're LSU four and at that point four and four, I do believe, and they're going into this yes. game with a lame duck coach, nothing to play for except pride, except 
like trying to show whoever's watching that I can do this. And maybe some of the and the, the thing is, is like some of those kids could enter the transfer portal, you know, from any of those teams. There is that. You know, I mean, that's a thing now. Sure, so, you're like, you're you're technically a free agent at the end of the season, you're trying, to go trying to go to put some stuff on tape. To and if the you look, best place you can go, and it, you know, you don't want to be labeled like an OBJ that nobody you got GMs out there saying that he's masquerading as a number one. Uh, that's another. <laughs> top, that, that's a, that's another topic for another day, but uh, th- those are the kinds of things you're looking at, and to win football games, and it's okay for these these other schools to say, you know, oh, we're just here to win, we just want to win, we want to you know move the next week winning, and then when UC says it, they're like, oh, but who who have you played? Well, a top ten team, we've got a victory over in their house, and it was pretty convincing. Yeah, it was at the beginning of the year, like today when they, but it was more put, than one score when they when they put Notre Dame up on the board today. Every one of the people on the, the little broadcast thing for the CFP. Oh, oh you watched it? They're, they're playing you so watched much. It? I did. They're they're playing so much better now. You know, they're, they have an identity. Their offensive line is, is so much better than it was earlier in the year. Like, it's it's silly to me when, yeah, okay, so UC's, this is UC's best win, but we're going to say... Now, instead of saying that Notre Dame's bad, let's just say they were bad, and now they're getting better since that game. All right, Ed, show me what you got. What 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 are what are your initial reactions to the CFP rankings and or Tulsa this week? To be honest with you, I'm a little shocked by the rankings. I thought we were gonna, I thought we were gonna drop down like an eight, maybe a nine, something like that. But uh, I I I honestly thought it was gonna be seven, but okay, I just. We didn't win convincingly on Sunday or Saturday. Sorry, that's another Correct. topic. Um, it, it just didn't look good. Like they, they didn't come out looking like they were ready to play. To be honest with you, I don't know. Well, um, but I am right. happy with here, the five. I mean, it's a move up. Here, here's where I'll counter you with that. Is as we move into the Tulsa conversation, Tulsa and Ohio State in Columbus was a seven-point game with three minutes left in the game. That's a good point. Tulsa's played tough this season. Tulsa has a chip on their shoulder for Cincinnati, who took the AAC championship from them last year in our house, and Tulsa's pissed that they've had to continuously go to Cincinnati to play games. Did we make them practice in a parking lot or something? No, that was Memphis. That was Memphis. All right. All right, we could make Tulsa practice in a parking lot, though. We got plenty of them. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I I what I did enjoyed... you watch the game? Yeah, I watched the game. Yeah. All right. So, what are your takeaways from that game? Well, like I said, we just didn't come out playing. Well, I guess you countered it, but I just feel like we didn't come out playing our best. There were runs. That's fair. There were runs. Um. Was it third there quarter? Were. We scored two. I was like, okay, cool. It's over. Then all of a sudden, here came Tulsa again. I don't know. The Des Des was overthrowing a couple receivers too. That there were some. He does that. There from, were some plays time time. that I thought He's... were going to be breakout plays, and then unfortunately, they had to try to had to try to reach for him and just couldn't get him. 
So uh, to Andrew's point, who came in here on the the, the comments, uh, number forty-seven was a psychopath. That's accurate, actually. Yeah. Um, that's I'm, that was that the The dude he had he had like the long the long blonde. Yes. Yeah. Hair. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, that him and uh, uh, what's his face got into it at one point. I was absolutely okay with that penalty. Absolutely okay with the penalty. Darian Beavers. Beavers, thank you. When he flexed, looking at yeah. the entire yes. sideline. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and right before he did that, I was like, "Can somebody please take out this guy?" It like, was a bit well, of an Amir. It was a bit of an Amir Garrett. Uh, oh, for sure. But here's the thing: like, sure. if you're watching the game, at least from where my vantage point in the press box, I'm watching this game get chippy as hell. It was the entirety of the game. Like everything after the play was just guys rocking shoulders or or like hips or or like hip checks or or whatever like like the referee last night against the 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 oh yeah and the uh, the steelers the, in the steelers game yeah like against throwing the bears it was the bears uh, guy cassius we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, to that cassius, later yeah. that's that's clearly <laughs> that was clearly yeah. a uh, bum of the <laughs> week right there these jesus refs, these refs i swear to get i swear but I don't know, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like we keep saying, it's, I mean, like, I, I, I'm i not even going to try and, and own the words. Like, like Darian Beaver said in the presser, it's not easy to continue to win games. If you look around the entirety of the NCAA right now, there are four, only four teams that have not lost a game. This shit ain't easy. Yeah. No, I mean, and uh, Matthew over here in the chat, he uh, he brings up a good point that similar teams have looked like they've gotten better. OSU and, and Notre Dame, he mentions, um, and that UC has looked pedestrian for three weeks, and they, it's on UC to change the narrative. Well, so here here's where I'll counter that, and I, I obviously nobody knows, but this this is my opinion: is that UC plays up or plays down to their level of competition, and and, and that's I, that's unfortunate. But I, I think that's where we are right now. So I think that if you put out an Oklahoma against us right now, if you put out an Ohio State, I think you're going to see a team that looks very different than a team playing against a Tulsa or an, a Navy because those teams are throwing out their entire schematic of what they've done all season, and they're running a game specifically for Cincinnati. Whereas a team like an Oklahoma or like an Ohio State is going to put their best foot forward with what they have done all season. And I think that's going to be very different in that they're not going to be in a situation where you have a team trying to sludge the ball through the run game the whole game. They're going to try and air the ball out, which is what this defense is predicated around, right? So that, that, that's been one of my... Uh, and to Matthew's point over there, I mean, I think UC does need to change the narrative a little bit. Um, I mean, you, you can't. They're they're not gonna. I don't I don't think that the the committee is going to just put them in uh, undefeated if they're you know kind of struggling oh, through some of the, yeah sure. struggling through these games. Um, I, I think that you see, and obviously I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm not a coach of any kind. I don't know what goes into their game plans. To me, it would seem that you would stack the box to some degree 
Maybe yes. not not sell out to the run. But you've got two NFL, potentially three NFL players right now in your secondary. Because I'm including Arquan Bush because I'm big on that guy. Okay. And But you've got these guys in the secondary. I mean, hell, most of these teams... Won't even look the direction of, of Ahmad Gardner, which, which is why very, he got the sack. Very evident when he just left his receiver wide open and came in on a sack that the quarterback yes. had no idea was coming. It was yes. great. It was great. Which which was mentioned during Fickle's press conference today, and Fickle said that he thinks that Kobe is a, a better blitzer, um, and he's like, "I'm probably going to catch some flack for that." But uh, I mean, well, Sauce had, so- they didn't even look, and he was like. So, so clearly Fickle knows that things need to be adjusted. I mean, he talked about that in his post-game presser. And we, we know that rushing three and, and with, with it when you're running a 3-3-5 and Chad, we know Chad's not here, but, but Chad went completely off last night on the BBP about when you're running a 3-3-5 and you're really only bringing five up in the box, that matches up with every one of the linemen. So you either have to beat your guy or you're getting zero pressure. Yeah. It... You got to keep talking. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I just Conti- saw something and I was like... No, was con- just, uh, continue your point. We'll get to that when, when one of us are talking. So my, my whole thing is I just think that, and it's along the same lines, it sounds like what, what Chad mentioned last night on, on uh, BBP is that you've got to kind of adjust the way that things are going because you can't give up you can't allow a team to continually run the ball that that's how teams stay in these games when they can suck the air out of the ball to take a basketball term and allow allow themselves to run 15 15 play drives and come away with a touchdown and now you get one possession each quarter it's it's not a something that you're going to be able to win a big time game with right you get you're gonna to have to change some things up maybe they're holding some stuff in their back pocket for when you know they play some of these other teams i think at this point hopefully some things change they change up their defensive scheme they they could clearly stop the run because they did it in, on like seven consecutive plays on the goal line to end the game Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand that goal line defense is a little bit different than playing defense in the middle of the field, but they've got the, they've got the personnel on the outsides to shut down. I, I don't know that there's a, a receiver that they don't match up well against. It. I mean, maybe they get beat here and there, but when you're continually allowing a guy to to chop off five yards a carry, that ain't good. No. No, I mean, and I think that's where where Luke was kind of talking about that we have to adjust prior to the halftime adjustments. It's not; it, it can't continue to be just the we're going to adjust at halftime. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the they fly, they have to adjust on the fly. Be... Like, they can't continue to just wait until halftime to try and and make those adjustments. It, it needs to be. And I know I saw some people already this this past week crying for Marcus Freeman. Please come back. Well, that that's it's not going to happen. I, I I can tell you right now that's that ain't happening. Um, it doesn't need to happen. I mean, well, 
it's just an overreact. It's a knee-jerk reaction to some something that can be fixed relatively quick. It's just a matter of if you can be open-minded enough to do it. Like you can't just be stubborn about like this is our defense. This is what we're running. And you have to be able to just move some things around. You know what I mean? So like one former we'll, basketball coach we used to do. Luke did bring up an interesting stat that I I was not aware of, uh, but he brought it up during his press conference today. So I thought I would I would share it to our masses um, that maybe didn't listen or haven't read anything from it. Last year, they had z- zero snaps in goal line defense. Zero. Really? They had one snap going into this game against Tulsa in goal line defense. And they, at the end of the Tulsa game, they ended it on seven straight snaps <laughs> in goal line defense. He said, it, I guess since he's been here, they've only, they've averaged eight snaps in goal line defense a, a season. Jeez. And this, that, seven in one game is ridiculous, first and foremost, but they <laughs> held it down. Like, now, now there, there, there was, um, yeah, there was a. Li- they did get a little bit of help uh, from uh, the quarterback Bryn sliding early, uh, but that was probably because he was scared that he was going to lose like the top half of his body um, <laughs> going, going into that linebacking court. I mean, like Joel DeBlanco might have like just buried him into the ground. I, he he probably would have scored. I mean, he would have scored if he hadn't slid. Uh, but yeah, that's that's part of it, and then. The fact that you hold them there on the line, you know, you're you have a little snafu. There were some weird snaps in that game. Uh, there, I think there was like three, three kind of bobbled odd snaps, including the one on the goal line that kind of put the the game back into. Well, there there was you know, the 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 one snap that went that sailed over Dez's head that got called back because of penalty. Right. Yeah, because of a a basically a false start on on the center. Yeah, which it, was where he was trying to compensate for the false start with the the one with the, how it sailed over does his head. Yeah, there, there was some weird stuff there with that. Um, obviously, they need to clean some things up. Uh, they've got what a, a Friday a Friday game coming up in, this week in Tampa. Down, yeah, so you've but, got that. And then, so the only concern there though is the fact that while South Florida is, I think everyone would agree, not good. Their running backs, all three of them, average four, six, and six yards per carry. And at this point in time, that's concerning. So, what you're saying, it, it, but they don't—they don't really have a, a receiver threat, right? Like anybody that's like anything special. What I'm saying is, the defense—if ha- they're going to change up at any point in time, so this, this is the week they're going to have to is, do it. This is the game to do it. Correct. That's correct. And here, but and then and it like on the on the flip side of things, right? You've got to have your offense. I mean, like if if UC is able to go up, let's say twenty-one nothing against Tulsa, right? Right. Because they're up fourteen zero. Let's say that they are able to get a stop and go up twenty-one nothing. And then you you start squeezing these teams into needing to throw the ball to get back well, into the game. 
They were down. I mean, if you go back and look at the score, they were down 16 points in the second half and still weren't throwing the ball. That's that. That's true too. Well, they were. But when you're, you know, which, the, I which, guess, where, I guess, which, I guess the flip of the flip of the flip side here is if you're chunking off five to eight yards a carry, like. But if if you're trying to, in in your head, like you're down 16 as a defense. You would think that this team is not trying to run the ball anymore. They're especially in the second half when you're down two scores. In some cases, three scores. If you can't convert on one of those two two point conversions, that you're in a in a quite a pickle. So you're gonna have to throw the ball. So you're wondering, like, at what point do do you start to throw the ball? That didn't happen, unfortunately. But you continue to put a defense out there thinking that you're going to throw the ball. It just got weird, man. The whole the whole game was weird. And, and you know, like, uh, I I hate to to come up with any kind of like excuse, like an extraneous excuse, like because I don't think they would. Uh, but then, like, you know, you've got a you've got kind of a thing where you know, game days in town and people are which was know, awesome, drubbing, by the way, drilling all that up. I didn't get to attend. I saw it on TV. I saw it on Twitter. It looked amazing and incredible. And I've talked to some people that were down there. Um, so, so before you go any further, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. The, when I was there, there was multiple, uh, in the, in the, the TV timeouts, if you will, um, the, the DJs trying to get the crowd hyped up, all that. And he's like, this is the craziest crowd I've ever seen. And I'm like, all right. This is like when Foo Fighters come to town and they're like, this is the best crowd we've ever seen. Like, right. nah, it ain't that, man. Come on, settle down. We, I, did I, see- I, I got your number. But then they said it on the broadcast. Yep. They tweeted it out after the fact. One of the producers and- tweeted it out. Well, Desmond Howard tweeted it out. They said it a lot. They said it a lot going into Friday as well, and then Correct. they they made they made lots of mention of it uh, throughout the day. That and then I saw today that the uh, they put out like the uh, the rankings, like the year over year rankings or whatever for each week. Yeah, and UCs were like far and away like it was like up forty seven percent from game day last year. Like viewership wise, well, I, let's. I mean, the final here in Cincinnati, hour we don't do anything million. small, right? I mean, you bring the All Star Game here, we do it big. You bring, um, you know, whatever here, the everybody sings contest, we did it big. We added a sign. I mean, you you bring College Game Day here, we're gonna do it big. I mean, we got some creative minds around here, especially at that damn university, that like don't expect it to be some kind of Mickey Mouse show over here. I would agree with that. I mean, they. It looked it looked impressive. It looked awesome. Like it wasn't it didn't seem like game day, you know, picked a place and then it, you know, kind of fizzled or wasn't as, you know, hyped up around where I mean Cincinnati showed out well, and they, they showed out well. So so we we had uh David David Ubin on on our show last night for the BBP and he used to work for ESPN and he was saying as he took this all in as a guy in town for the athletic now where he works, he was like, 
I haven't been around a college game day in like 10 years, but yeah, this was a great crowd. Like, why would you not tap into crowds that have not like felt this before and tried to get into like a situation like this more often than not to where you're, you're tapping into these teams that are, are hungry and these, these fan bases that are hungry for this type of thing, as opposed to, continuing to go to your Alabamas, your your Georgias, your Ohio States, your Michigans, where they've seen this time and time again. It's kind of getting old. You also have other places like Barstool or Fox Fox's show like starting to go to these same places. So now you're fighting with other shows to be at the same show. Like this was well overdue, clearly. And I think that if you come back to Cincinnati, Cincinnati again, like you're going to run into the same buzzsaw that you just got, truthfully, because we're not done. We have things to prove, both as a fan base, as a team, as a university, as a city. And I don't think that we're done. And kind of, kind of jumping on that, the the whole fact that we're not done. Uh, we just had the what the number, the highest ranked uh, defensive recruit of all time, uh, at least for the university, mm-hmm. uh, announced his commitment uh, today. Yeah, big deal. Real big deal. God, the celebrity no, guest was, picker was not Jerry Springer. It was today. It was today. Jeff. Uh, Ed, to your point, yes, thank God it was not Jerry Springer. I was I was pleasantly surprised it ended up being Nick Lachey. Um, even though that was though, that was a guy that I had I had pegged. Um, I honestly thought it was going to be Drew Lachey just because of the Dancing with the Stars references, but that's not big enough for that show, uh, in my opinion. I mean, Nick Lachey is always like, he's a champion of Cincinnati sports sure. uh, yeah. uh, at, at all levels. He and he went to, just like I, know he, I know he went to Miami, so some people are like, oh, this guy can't represent us, blah, 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 blah. But, but what he does, I mean, he, he does well. He always, he, he's always, he's, he's always tweeting and out there about UC and out there about yes. the Reds and, and the Bengals and like, yeah, he's. He's a Cincinnati sports fan. He's a Cincinnati guy. He's a big name. I thought that was a good pick. The only other pick that I would have been more okay with, I think, at this point in time, especially kind of considering who doesn't have much to do with the university at this point in time, looking at you, Kenyon Martin, and Oscar Robertson, when was the last time either of you set foot on campus? Kenyon was here before Um, uh, before the COVID season. Like I said, looking at you, when was the last time you stepped foot on campus? Mr. John Brandon wouldn't let him in. Looking at you, when was the last time you stepped foot on campus? Um, Shadow Chisinko, I think, would have been. I I think. All right, stop. Um, Shadow Chisinko, I think, would have been a a fantastic choice as well. All right, well. I would have liked that, too. That would have been a good he, one, but he was—I think he was in town for because he he could have done double duty because he was in town as the ruler of the jungle. I'm right, and I'm sure you saw the the video where he was somewhere on UC's campus. He was—he was playing FIFA, pumping it up, pumping it up yeah. for the love of God. He was pumping it up. So you know, again, like 
you got to how fun i i think that almost would have been more fun than nick lachey kind of in in the the mold of just i think this is what it'll be lee i think this is what it'll be kirk i think he would have just had way more fun and would have been just a little bit more hype and then the then well but yeah but then that, that could have taken away from the hype of the bearcat putting on the lee corso head it, nothing would have taken that hype away. <laughs> that was that was awesome. hilarious. Like, I I, can't, I honestly can't. I I, I wonder because like I don't. I'm not like a religious game day watcher. Um, it's never happened before. I was gonna say, has has no. there ever been a never. mascot like show no. up and put a corso head on? And that's why I'm so damn proud of Cincinnati for being the first to ever actually. Mid-show, mid-show hype music. But, I, but I'm so proud that... Okay, sorry. I'm so proud of him. I'm still so proud that Cincinnati's first team that ever did that, and I don't think that Chad Ochocinco being here would have would have taken away from any of that. No. But you know the Nicholas J thing was good. It was um, it was fine for what it was. Yeah. I'm okay with the pick of of the picker. So before we uh, before we move over into the uh, other game that happened uh, earlier tonight? tonight, you guys got anything else about football? Um, this week with us going to South Florida on a short week. It's it's going to be interesting, especially against a team that runs the ball very well. I'm scared. If I'm going to be completely honest, I'm scared. Would you? Because I mean, I wouldn't even classify it necessarily as like a trap game, but more of just like you're going a, kind of a kind of a a, a a watermark game to see where you land um, against the run. You're going to continue to get everyone's best shot. Period. And they'll bring out all the tricks, bring out all the stops, whatever. I'm 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 scared of this game. I don't want this game to be the one that derails the season. I don't want this game to be the I don't want South Florida to be the only game that we've lost in the last two years outside of Georgia. That would suck. I don't want that. So I, I hope they make some adjustments and I have I have every faith in the coaching staff that we come out with a win, but I'm I'm I'd be lying if I said I'd, I'm not just nervous. I I am actually scared of this game. That's fair. Ed, anything? I don't want to lose before. <laughs> I don't like I don't like losing. I don't want to lose. I don't losing's not my favorite thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like all I want to do is just pump it up. I hate you. No, you you're don't. about you're you're about to lose your audio privileges. Ed. No, that's not possible either. I run it all. All right. So moving on <laughs> to basketball tonight. Cincinnati opens up their season with a win against Evansville. And I know Evansville isn't a a great it's not a great opponent. If you will, it's not a big name. It's, it's it's certainly not that. But Cincinnati did come away with the win. What were your takeaways 
in a 65-43 victory against Evansville in a game that Cincinnati made them miss 40 shots. 40. 4-0. They made them miss 40 shots. How did you feel about this game? That's a lot of missed shots. Um, I I was was pleased. Like I said um, on the – the what no no shut the go fuck ahead, up and let man. me speak um i was pleasantly pleased like i said on the basketball preview <laughs> like i said on the basketball preview show the other day like i didn't know what to expect like it was so weird having one center go out and then another center co- we had like four centers it was, that where did jeff go that was so weird to like actually see that and then david julius looked freaking awesome i don't know i was pleased it was a great game i thought great start for west miller jacket came off what a minute into the game but if that yeah it wasn't it didn't take and he had like a ketchup stain on his white shirt or something i i feel like he needs a tailor he needs yeah because his shirt looked big right his shirt looked big on him I I, I will say, I will say, uh, whenever I kicked it over to the, uh, the Kansas Michigan state game right before the CFP came out, uh, they made mention that the head coaches uh, in that game have gone back to, uh, like their, their COVID era coaching outfits of like, you know, kind of track suit warm up looks instead of suits. And they're like, I hope, I, I hope a lot more coaches go to this, not Wes Miller. Nope. Sure didn't. Wes Miller came out. Suit get, suit. I thought his suit game was on point. It looked nice. I, well, I made I'm mention of it at the beginning of the, well, uh, if the, I, if the I, podcast. To, to, go, to actually speak about the, the team and what I, I saw, like the, you know, the beginning of the game was a little bit a little bit slow yeah. offensively. Uh, but that that's like the most complete defensive game I've seen the Bearcats play in quite some time. It made me smile on the inside. That's old school Bearcat basketball going in. Playing active, tough, in-your-face defense. There was, you know, a steal, the tweet that I think everyone and their brother put out. Uh, the rim protection tweet was, was nice to have some With big guys. That Hayden move. Koval blocking everything. Everything that was I mean, put up there. I mean, here's the thing. is like, if you, if you blinked, it was like... A, a new set of guys on the floor doing the same thing defensively. All right, so like there, there was I didn't feel like much letdown with like each, each like it was like a hockey line. That's what that's what it kind of felt so, like. Like, so you bring that up, and that was one of the things I wanted to bring up is 12, 12 men saw minutes tonight, and not just little minutes. Like the least amount of minutes anybody saw was AJ McGinnis at four and uh, Hensley, who got himself in in. A little bit of foul trouble, Jarrett Hensley with with seven minutes, but you saw twelve guys with with minutes, and the other ten outside of those two that I've already mentioned had double digit minutes. Do you think that's too much, or or are we still figuring out what we got? No, I think we're still figuring it out. We we've talked about this when we kind of started touching on on basketball as it mm-hmm. approached, and as we that you know this is a team that had to kind of start at basketball 101 uh, to kind of figure out uh, as a a whole new coaching staff and 
essentially, I mean, you, you've brought in a bunch of transfers. You got guys that left, that came back. You trying to figure out who you are, what you've got. Um, and, and so you do that. You've got to, you know, it was nice that they were in a position today to swap guys in and out, see who they could, who fit the best together in a game environment, which you can't replicate. I'm of the the feeling you cannot replicate a game environment outside of the game environment. As far as seeing who fits together, you can play five on fives and isn't that whatever. Uh, But to to see who you have and how the game's going to flow for them, you can't do it without being in a game, regardless of who the opponent is at that point. The, the adrenaline's different. Any athlete will tell you that. And I, I thought it was nice that they could swap in different guys here and there and, and see see where they were rolling. And honestly, I didn't see a whole lot of let up anywhere. No. Well, and, and to that point, I've heard that McGinnis and Madsen have both struggled a little bit in practice. And McGinnis's line is one for one from field goal. One for one from three, and he had a defensive rebound and uh, three points. So, I mean, he, he did all right in his four minutes. Um, Mason Madsen, another one who has struggled a little bit in, in practice. Uh, three for nine from the field, three for eight from three, um, five rebounds, all defensive, one assist, one block, and you know, again, to your point of you can't replicate the adrenaline. You can't, you know, replicate what somebody can do under the lights, if you will. Um, that's great performances from guys who have struggled a little bit in practice. You know, uh, kind of moving on from that, though, you know, you see some guys getting a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, Cincinnati did miss 30 shots of their own. You know, I, I came out the gate saying that Evansville missed 40. Well, Cincinnati missed 30. They did only go 25 of 55 from the field. How many did Mikey That's not Saunders, great. How many, Mikey, how many did Mikey Saunders miss at the line? Uh, he, he, was for he was 3 for 5. He was 3 for 5 from the field, 0 for 3 from the line. Well, feel, feel, you know, the free throw shooting has never been a... a, never strict, been a, strong a high point. A high point I, for Cincinnati. I, I always feel like it doesn't matter. Who's on the team? I always feel like we always have like Bobby Brandon you know, some, was a good free throw shooter, but that was the last one I remember. That's yeah. the only one you remember because he just rubbed his tattoo. He, I think he hit. I think he broke a record one night too that I was there. So, but huh. I, I, I was impressed. I, I know that we were kind of all texting back and forth during it. Um, that the very clear change, and I, I know there's like obviously some recency bias on, on some things, but like yeah. to, to watch a bunch of guys out there that look like they were having fun, uh, not only playing the game, but coming off the court. Uh, I brought up a, a, there's a very quick camera pan at the end of the first half when uh, DeJulius had the ball to, to drive in. Uh, it was stripped. He lost you know control of it, whatever. And Got it a turnover, turnover right there at the end. As as he you know, is walking off the court, Wes Miller made made it a point to go over, just kind of hey head up, get into the locker room. You know, oh, that uh, was the Madsen, one where he, where he stripped it back or anything? No, no, it was at the very end. Very end. Okay. Very end. Uh, he stripped it. They they ran it down, threw up a three. It missed. 
uh, that was right going into half and you could see that uh, like on the the camera it, it looked to me like he was you know probably probably a little bit disappointed or upset with himself for for you know having a turnover there at the end of the uh, at the end of the half uh mason madsen was right there with him kind of you know patting him on the back but west miller made a move right over to him kind of you know little high five quick little high five who knows what was said there but it appeared to be some encouraging words right into the locker room when you've got the, this coach that has that former player energy uh that he can kind of tr- push out onto the team i mean the at the beginning davenport took a, a big charge down in the right under the bucket and there was there was a double double fist pump from west miller you know firing him up just real excited he's engaged and everything it's it's that so that different of, than, than last year in, right that level of intensity and energy that he is able to kind of project out it, it's very clear that the players all respond to that there but back to my original point of this the circle i'm making they're having fun out there. They look like they're having fun with each other. I mean, even at the beginning of the game when shots weren't falling, but they were playing good defense, uh, which didn't let up the whole game. Uh, it's encouraging for me to see, you know, and we'll call it what it is. It, it really is a hodgepodge of like, hey, we needed the. I mean, let, let's go it's back the, and it's listen. The Island to of it. Misfit Toys. Let's go back and listen to an episode from the beginning of this year when we weren't sure if we were going to have more than four scholarship players on the team coming up <laughs> in, Correct. in the year. It was them Island Boys. No, that ain't it. No, yeah, right, please don't do that, Ed. I thought it was a good time for a TikTok reference. I guess it wasn't. That's fine. I think at one point going into a TV timeout, I think I saw Wes come out and flex on Koval. Koval. Why the hell did I say Koval? I think I saw him come out and flex on Koval. I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I put it past right. him. I mean, he. he it was interesting like was, though. I was. I was there for it. Like I said, the intensity and the level of excitement and that he brings over there as the coach on the sideline, like you guys said. I mean, he 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 lost the he lost the the suit coat uh, about a possession into the game, and uh, from then on, it was you know, all Sorry. all about. All, about all business and yelling over there, right? He he resembled Mick Cronin a lot, like the way he moved around on the sideline, up and down, screaming, yelling. Like it was great to see that back because you know Cincinnati well, basketball, we're used to that with like Bob Huggins and Mick. Cronin but it didn't. And, it didn't. There. It didn't appear like at least like obviously it's ESPN Plus. Like the camera angles aren't exactly always the, the greatest, or like they don't always show everything. Uh, but. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't see like the angry. I'm going to bite your head off. No. Intensity that that Mick Cronin always brought. It was more of a like uplifting he didn't intensity. Go, yeah. It wasn't the pouty lip. Like hmm hmm. It wasn't angry elf. It wasn't angry elf at all. I, and and I love Mick Cronin. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not gonna bad mouth him or anything, but he plays by the way nine o'clock on Friday I, night. So, um. Who were your guys that really stood out to you tonight? Because for me, it was locked in. Hey, locked Victor, in. Victor with that with that steal at the end and the two hand slam on the other on the other side. Like that was again going back to not quitting. That was with what a minute and fifty two minutes left on on the clock. Still hustling out there. That was great. Victor locked in, finished with 16 minutes, 3 of 4 from the field. 0 for 1 from 3 was his only missed shot. Uh, 
outside of the free throw line, which continues to be a thing. Uh, one for four from the free throw line, but he did have six boards, seven of them. Uh, I'm sorry, seven boards, six of them defensive, uh, one offensive. The two steals, one block. He did have two turnovers. Uh, only one personal foul, though. And he looked he looked the part of a guy who can flex from the four to the five. He looked the part from a guy who, who just doesn't lack the intensity and is going to continue to bring it every every time up and down the court. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I liked I liked what you guys are talking about with him. I liked uh, Davenport looked like he came out and is very has very clearly kind of uh, taken over as like a, a, a the leader here. Um, I think he he ended up with eleven points, uh, eight rebounds. Looked looked every bit the part of, of what a leader should look like, and, and he's kind of that guy. Didn't miss a free throw. He, he's also well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can go there too. But he, he, you know, he was that he was that guy back in the in the spring or late winter, we can call it that. Uh, when it looked like winter was coming here in Cincinnati, uh, that said like, you know, I'm, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm staying here. This is my uh, spot. This is it. Everything's gonna be all right. Well, because uh, how are you gonna figure out what to do with that that chest hat, right? Well, I mean. You cover that bad boy up if you got to. <laughs> he wasn't planning on doing that, and yeah, you know, so that that impressed me. He was able to do that. I think uh, Newman looks like a guy that can kind of create a whole lot for himself. Um, not was, a lot of shots. Was, not a lot of shots fell for him tonight, but four. he he was he looked he, the part though, right? He did. He did. He looked like. I mean, he he looked like he could create a lot for himself. Um, you know, kind of clean up some of those. I mean, he had like. There's there's fifteen foot there's fifteen footers like all day long. Yeah, it kinda is what it is there. Um and then Mikey Saunders obviously I don't think has lost a step uh, on a couple of those. Let me take the ball the entire length of the court and just lay it in and no one no one is fast enough to get in front of me. So if I told you going into this game that Micah Adams Woods would start and would get twenty seven minutes and Mikey Saunders would not start and only get 17 minutes of this game. Would you have been surprised? No. I would have been. I would have been. 100% I would have been. I thought he was going to be the starter. I think we saw a lot of spurts of, of, I don't want to say greatness, but good basketball out out of Woods, Adam Woods last year, but I think you know, he was inhibited by a certain person or persons um, that kind of put him back in his shell. So, I don't know. I was kind of excited to see him come out. Uh, my, my thing is, like, right now, I, I didn't really put a whole lot of expectations on, like, necessarily on minutes or who's starting or, you know, who's subbing in for who and who's going to end up playing. And, and I, I probably won't for the first month. I was gonna uh, say I, I don't think we'll have an idea until we're through yeah. like five yeah. ten games. What because I don't I don't rotation really is after the I, first four. I wouldn't Illinois. I wouldn't think and maybe obviously I mean you know they from what we saw tonight you know there was a lot of mixing and matching and you know we're gonna run you here we're gonna run you there uh 
I, I think we'll, we we might see a different starting lineup for every game un, until December sometime when they kind of settle in. Yeah, maybe until the the shootout or whatever when they decide like, okay, this is this is who we're gonna go with to start, and this is how it's gonna run every game. Or, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Wes looks at it and says, I got all these guys that I'm just gonna. You'll, you won't know who's going to start day to day. And I think that would be okay. I think that these guys, I mean, I think they could, they, they could handle that. All right. So what's your biggest takeaway, Ed, from tonight? Um, I really like Ogama. Like he's a lot bigger Oguama. than I th- Huh? Ogama. What would you say? I think I said, you, you, you said, said Ogama. Oh, sorry. Ogama. Um, He's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Um, I liked his energy um, after his dunk. He came. I'm a big uh, I'm a big energy guy. So when you make that dunk, like I always remembered, like Kenyon Martin would make a dunk and then he would just stare at the camera and do the the arm flex. That always got me hyped up as a kid. So when he had that dunk and then went back just flexing on them all, like that's gonna get me hyped up. That's gonna get your players hyped up. Um, I was really impressed by him. I was also impressed by impressed. Well, that's a good one. Uh, impressed by Hayden and his two block shots. Like those were some great block shots down there underneath the basket. So I don't know. I, I like the big guys this week. I like the big guys this week. Would you say you were impressed with the rim protection? Rim protection. That's what I would say. Well, I mean, not just the rim protection though. Just the big guys. Well, in I know. I was. You didn't. You didn't see that. Like everybody and their brother was tweeting about rim protection. <laughs> I, no, I didn't I see. Did I didn't that. see one person reference how many deflections we had. <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter since I. I've well, pretty much. I mean, left, you, you, left you, the you, game. So well, there are some funny quotes this, coming out. How about Twitter. this, Aaron? Uh, it it's a uh, it's one thing to see it on TV. Uh, how how would you uh, rate the energy level in, inside uh, Fifth Third tonight? For all ten thousand well, folks. I I. Be lying if I said that I wasn't a little disappointed in the numbers in the lower bowl. First it and did foremost, look a little empty. I didn't know if that was a COVID mm-hmm. thing or not, though. I don't. I don't know the answer to that, but I will say, no one was wearing masks, and it was awesome. I saw a couple people wearing masks. Uh, there, I mean, yeah, there were a couple people wearing masks. Was it the but, rule though that you had to wear a mask? You were supposed to. Yeah, right. uh, no, no one wore them in, and apparently there were issues scanning tickets going in again. Shocker. Because um, everything's digital, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, they they sent paper tickets out on the second and the third, uh, if you requested them. But I don't know that that many people who would have wanted paper tickets actually knew that they could request them i don't i don't know what what the communication in that regard was like um i didn't have paper tickets i i i am of a group of four guys who we have tickets through my mother who buys all of our tickets and um i transferred them to everybody we didn't have an issue with any of them however i don't know what that looks like for everybody else um, but as far as being there, um, I would agree with Ed as far as the, the rim protection was fantastic. Um, I, I like the, the, regardless of how many times it didn't work, 
I like the aggressiveness of trying to get inside, uh, both with layups and and just trying to get the ball inside. Um, I think Mike Saunders missed an awful lot of open passes in the transition offense. Um, and I think that'll fix itself, but it was a thing of beauty to see the Cincinnati Bearcats in fifth third arena with an, with a crowd that gave a shit for the first time in over a year. So that for me is, is a victory in and of itself. And then to, to win a game, over the nine and a half spread that, that we talked about last night, I'm here for it. So I, I was I was nervous about what this game was going to look like. I'm, I'm still nervous about them going forward, don't get me wrong. Uh, missing 30 shots is an awful lot of shots. But uh, we're here for it. Um, I do want to I do want to make mention, uh, as now I see that Chad is in the... Uh, in the chat? In the chat over here. That Chad threw down uh quite quite a quite an old school gif reference in the middle of the game uh of Odie uh from from Garfield and and then and then I guess it was pointed out to him that uh, a lot of the the younger generation may or may not have understood what he was referencing with uh with that gif but I appreciated it Chad I thought it was great so I just saw this. Well, and just see it. This came out about thirty minutes, thirty nine minutes ago from Justin Williams. Uh, thirty nine. Third. That's what I said. Uh, I'm just saying, like, so you you certainly didn't just see. Right. This. I, did, I just been said. I didn't so you, just. Hey, let me talk. You've been. You've been I, I sitting said, on this. I thank you. I said I didn't just see it. It came out thirty nine minutes ago. Uh, Post game preference press conference. Jeremiah Devonport, everybody on this team has something contagious. Chad Brindle, uh, that's not a good thing to say right now. Jeremiah Davenport, <laughs> damn, my bad. Ed, you, you don't have to get so close to the mic when you talk. This one, there's something going on with this mic. Can you guys not hear me? No, you're so, you're, you're very loud. Oh, really? I did see that Wes Miller started his press conference off by saying that he saw that the football team had moved up to five, which means that there's still uh, a chance that they'll continue to move up or enough time to keep moving up. That's good. <laughs> Unreal. I think it's safe to say we're all excited about UC basketball and the direction that things appear to be heading. Uh, I don't think anybody's anointing them the uh, national champions just yet, but... It, it's nice. It's nice to see a team go out there and have fun, play a good Cincinnati brand of basketball, <coughs> and uh, and win while they're doing it, and win convincingly. Yeah, I'll take a sixty-five forty-three win. I mean, I pr- I predicted it to be sixty fifty-five because we don't know what we have, I and know. I right. I, s- I still don't know after this game that we know what we have, but I think oh, we're starting. We won't. Like I said, we won't. Uh, we, I mean, I would say. A month in, we may know sort of where we're at or what what we've got. Uh, yes, you know, as far as like a, a consistency basis goes, um, and, and that'll be you know exciting and something that we can look forward to talking about every week on Tuesday. All right. Well, unless Chad is going to call in, I gave him the uh, the link here, 
so I, I know he, he was worried about um, Kelly being awake and all of that. For sure. Um, but unless he's going to call in, we are going to move on to Bengals talk. And that was Bengals talk. Can we move on now to Reds? Nope. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk Bengals talk because it was Battle of Ohio this week. And the Battle of Ohio was, was it not a battle, kind. Though? Was it a battle though? Like, was it really a battle? No, no. It, it was. It was. It was a beatdown. Uh, Kelly is Kelly is sleeping. So not gonna piss her off. That's a solid. Thank idea. goodness. Thank goodness that Kelly is finally sleeping in that house. She is never asleep before eleven. I feel like. So. Kudos to Kelly. <laughs> but the Bengals Browns game. It was a mess, right? wasn't wasn't good. I didn't get to see it. I mean, you, you didn't miss much. I listened to it on the radio. We had the radio going um, outside at the picnic, but uh, it did not sound good at all. I mean, just because it wasn't. I don't even. I don't even really have like a ninety-nine yard field goal return or a ninety-nine yard uh, interception return. I mean, like the, it started off promising. There was a nice drive down the field, and then um, it it seems like there's not a lot. I mean, I don't know. Like Joe Burrow hasn't necessarily looked like the quarterback that you know we're kind of used to having out there. I mean, I, I guess now he is in like the the sophomore part of his his career, and there's always that you know talk of a sophomore slump. I don't know if that's going to hit. I mean, I don't like. I'm not. I don't think we need to go out and get a new quarterback or anything. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily it. So I'm looking at the stats right here right now in front of me. I mean, obviously Cleveland won 41 16 and that's not a good look. Joe Burrow threw two picks. Not a good look. He's leading the league in interception. I could be wrong. I I haven't looked that up, but um, third down efficiency though. Three. Three of nine for the Browns, three of 11 for the Bengals. That's not good. You're not going to win a game where you're going three of 11 on third down. Um, fourth down efficiency, 0 for 2 for the Bengals. The Browns didn't go for it on fourth. Again, not going to be good. The Browns only ended up with 361 yards of offense, whereas the Bengals only ended up with 348. That's not terribly different but again when you're looking at those third down conversions that's very very different on top of you know the the turnover in the end zone that went 99 yards the other way that's a game breaker yeah that was he i mean burrow on that one looked a little bit like he was kind of telegraphing it and it, it was a pass he didn't need to throw um I guess it happens. So this is this is another one of those losses that you kind of look at and you're like, at the beginning of the season, um, you know, a lot of people were saying things like, yeah, the Bengals are going to win four games or whatever. They're they're better than that. Uh, we we know that this is a a process uh, of the sure. Bengals getting better and and moving moving forward. The 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 talk coming out of the locker room is still. Hey, you know, we got to do better. I mean, Joe get back in the lab. Yeah, we got, we got to, you know, 
get back in there and go after it. We're a better team than this. I mean, it, at the end of the day, Baker, there's going to be struggles that are going to happen. Like no team in the NFL is going to be perfect. That's not going to, that's just not. Baker's not a better quarterback. Let's, let's be all the way real, right? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, Baker went 14 of 21 for 218 yards, two touchdowns. Burrow, on the other hand, threw it almost twice as much going 28 of 40 for 282 and two picks. So that's going to be different. Uh, the the Browns offensive line looked significantly better in this game, um, especially when you look at the sacks. They only gave up two sacks for 10 yards, whereas Joe Burrow, they gave up five sacks for 25 yards. We've known that there are some disparities on the Bengals offensive line. That's not news. Um, but it, I don't know. I mean, I look around the league and I'm not, I'm not throwing the, these Bengals into the, the scrap heap by any means. Oh, no way. I, I, I don't think that they don't have playoff capability. Even I, I, I think that there is a, a ship to be righted here. If you beating the Ravens in the Ravens house by the disparity that we beat them by is not an accident. Huh, I don't know. No. Uh, I, and here's the thing: is like if you if you would have told any any like Bengals fan that's not either an eternal negative, horrible person or a Bengals fan that is not like you know overly optimistic about everything and is always like, oh, this is a Super Bowl team, uh, that our record would be what it is going into the into the bye week. I think everybody would have taken it. I think that the the with a win over with a win over the Ravens, sure mixed in on, on the W side of the column there. I'm good I with think, it. I think that what we're looking at though is the fact that with the Bengals where they are in their maturation process, there's going to be some some wins that they. Some losses. I'm sorry that you're you're not supposed to lose. Some wins that you're not supposed to win. Even, um, That's fair. I don't know. I mean, top to bottom, this Browns roster, even without OBJ, is I I, I would say better than this Bengals roster. I mean, I, I think the Browns are probably better without OBJ. <laughs> Clearly, is is the case <laughs> here. Um, but that defensive line and the way that they outrank the the Bengals offensive line, no one should be surprised by the way this this ship kind of kind of sank this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think getting getting the you know, losing by that that margin, uh, I think might be a, a bit surprising when you consider kind of the way that the Bengals have been playing this year. Um, I didn't really think that they would get blown out like that. Um, but you're going to have that. It's going to happen. I mean, any given Sunday that, and I mean, when you, you just kind of look at, at the nature of the beast in the NFL, I mean, you're going to, there's going to be weeks when things aren't clicking and the other team is clicking on all cylinders and you end up with a score like that. And 
the good thing is there's no committee that's ranking teams in the NFL to put anybody <laughs> one place or another. You wins and losses matter. Uh, you know, the, a loss this weekend counts as one. You go into the bye week, get back into the lab, as they've been saying, and uh, you come back out after the bye week, and you can you. It, it's now a, a sprint to the finish. So here. here, here's what I would ask you then: is with a forty-one sixteen win, and knowing that even if this year is not the Bengals' year. The Browns are going to have to re-sign Baker Mayfield, right? Right. Well, that's, next year. Well, that's what they're looking at. But yeah, we're, we're talking about next year, right? Right. So if all of a sudden you have Baker not on this rookie contract, but instead on a somewhere between thirty and forty million dollar contract, that changes everything. And would you rather have at the end of the day, and even in even in we'll say three years. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield on a 30 to $40 million contract or Joe Burrow on a 30 to $40 million contract? Where are you going to feel more comfortable? And not to mention the fact that over the course of the next three years, we still have Joe Burrow on a rookie contract instead of a 30 to $40 million a year contract. Who are you going to feel more comfortable about in the next three to four years. Obviously, you're going to feel more comfortable about Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, he's the guy you're going to, I mean, but it's the same thing for the Browns, though. They're they're going to build their, they're building their team around Baker Mayfield. They're further along in that process than where the Bengals are right now, building their team around Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are going to, should, I guess, have more money available, you know, currently to to make improvements um and i, I just think they've sh- i think they've shown that they they're willing to go out and and maybe address some of these issues that they have and i just think that the the perennial i mean the, the steelers are in a world of mess with everything they have going on with their quarterbacks contract and you look at the landscape around you with the browns with the uh Ravens and the contracts that they're going to have to sign. I think the Bengals are still in a fantastic place over the course of the next three years, even if it's not this year to win, to continue to build on this thing that they have right now with Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I would agree. And I think that things are trending in the right direction. I think that when you take a step back and you look at, like I said, like if you, had told anybody that going in to the bye week after playing nine games that the Bengals were going to be five and four with a win over the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, everyone would have taken it. They would that that is hands down and they, they've played tough teams. They played the Packers. It was a game they probably yeah, they, they were in. Yeah, they should have won. They didn't. It happens. But this this is a team I think that is that is farther along than anybody expected them to be, uh, outside of you know the eternal super the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl people. Um, it that's not to say that they, that this past weekend wasn't a disappointing weekend or a disappointing performance. 
but I think you just shake it off. You look at you look at what's coming out. There's nobody pointing fingers. Uh, CJ Ozama said it uh, whenever he had his little. Uh, I don't know if it was immediately after the game or if it was like the next day, uh, kind of thing. Uh, he made mention that you know everybody in the locker room was was pointing the finger at themselves, saying, "Oh, I, if I had done this, if I had done that, if I had been able to do this, like I." And everybody was like, "No, like it was me. Like if I." Had, they're all we're taking, not used to that no we're not they're all taking ownership they're taking onus over like their own shortcomings whatever they feel like they screwed up uh nobody's coming in the locker room like oh it's your fault because you screwed that up. you dropped that pass you didn't make this you know you ran the wrong route there you didn't block you weren't whatever i mean maybe you're in all fairness the Bengals, uh, the Bengals fumbled the ball four times they only lost one, but they still fumbled the ball four times. Like there, were, clearly there are plenty of fingers to be pointed around, and and they all pointed them back at themselves. And so that you know that that just tells me that you again you've got a team that is in in the locker room. It's still a healthy locker room. Uh, it's still a a team that believes in themselves, and that goes back to the point we made earlier about you know you keep seeing. They're all tweeting out, yep, back to the lab. We're gonna we're gonna work on this. We're gonna come back out. We wanna win this for the city. Uh we want like Joe Mixon said, you know, I wanna win this for you know, we wanna win every week for each other, for the team, for the coaches, but we wanna win for this city. They they deserve it. You know, there's been some down years, uh, to use his words, and he's like, Yeah, they deserve better than that. And I I I'm not like you said, throwing this team on the scrap pile and saying, you know, there's always next year. I, I, I think there's still this year. And, uh, you know, like, we'll see. that. I think they, they've got a, as good a shot as any to, uh, to make a run to get into the playoffs. And then uh, we've all seen that, you know, crazy things can happen there. Now, I saw that there were reports that top five teams that OBJ could go to, the number one team, probably largely due to the fact that they can afford it, was the Bengals. It was in no particular order, but the first team that was mentioned was the Bengals for no. OBJ. Obviously, we, we've also heard the reports of OBJ saying that his number one team is Green Bay, but what would you feel if OBJ was to sign here? I, mm, we tried oh. that. We tried that experiment once with uh, uh, Terrell Owens. Yeah, Terrell T-O. Owens. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that he adds enough to this team. I don't want it. If he, if he if he was if he was a, a you know an offensive lineman or somebody of that nature, like maybe you think about it. He's not. He's a wide receiver, uh, and I would put any one of our. He'd be number four, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would put our guys up against him all day long. Uh, I don't want it here. I don't think. We need it here. Uh, that's a, a headache waiting to happen that we don't need to have disrupting what we've got going on. I'm with you. I, I'm not here for that. I don't. I don't think he belongs here. I. I think that the locker room for the first time in, in years is cohesive, and I, I don't want to disrupt that. So I'm. I'm with you guys on that. Um, moving on. Red's talk. And that was Red's talk. 
<laughs> Sell a team, Bob. <laughs> Nick Lachey and um, what's the guy's name? Mark Cuban should like come together and buy the team, right? Throw Drew in there. So many. So Tucker Barnhart is gone. Traded. Wade Miley is gone. Traded. Not well, no. no, no, no. That was no. that was and even worse than issue. traded. That and was even worse issue. than traded. It, it was they they released him on waivers. Go ahead, Jeff. I, you clearly want to talk about I, this. I mean, I, I just so the Tucker thing, right? You trade him, free up. I don't. I don't even know what the numbers are. It's Roughly seven, seven, million. seven and a half million or something like that. Sure. Um, that one, I don't. I mean, I, I think we all kind of knew uh, that that Tucker might get one you might get one more year here it was hard to justify with tyler doing what tyler did last year but with with tyler stevenson kind of coming into his own correct you at some point you got to pass the torch right and and if tucker wants to continue to play and and they they did him a you know they kind of did him a solid they sent him he's gonna probably be the starter up there whatever that's fine you're freeing up a little bit of money there. We all knew that it kind of needed to happen. Um, fine. Obviously, Nick Cassianos opts out of his contract. Not unexpected. Correct. I think he would have been stupid if he didn't. Right? Mm-hmm. If he hadn't made the decision to opt out, like that's that's kind of a silly idea. That Equally, contract, that contract was set up for him to to opt you know, out. Perf- to perform well and then opt out and make more money. And he's kind of at that, that point in his career where it's, it's time to, you know, make some money and secure, secure yourself, you know, through the the rest of your life. No issues at all with him opting out. Uh, We all talked about it. That was going to happen. The Reds then did what they kind of needed to do there. You got to make the qualifying offer uh, because if he signs somewhere else now, at least you get a draft pick out of it. Correct. Uh, that and that that doesn't preclude them from then also continuing talks with him and correct coming to another deal. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't. You know, Agree. You, don't, you, well, you still don't want to overpay some like silly amount of money. Uh, if he gets that somewhere else, great. If it's a deal that works out for the Reds, great. I, I would hate to lose him. I think he. You, I think he brings more to the team than just what he does on the field yep that's a talk for another day he's, he's a leader he's a, he's always been a leader but then you get to a guy like wade miley where that's where you i have a, you have an option to sign him for 10 million dollars he if he comes back next year and is even remotely close to what he did this year 10 million dollars is a steal and instead i mean you I let him know you let him you, go to a, a you rival. Put on, you put him on waivers, and now he gets signed. Did it a, still? Did it still cost you a million dollars to put him on waivers? Am I, I see? I, I I heard like like one like that it was like that it didn't or it did. I, obviously, that would be a question for probably uh, you know Clay Snowden, who friend of the show um, that is like Ed in, Ed in on all. Bring him in right now. <laughs> yeah. Clay. Bring him in right now. Oh, Clay's coming in. No, he's not. 
Um, well, I'll try. I mean, so that 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 is what it is. Um, I just didn't like the way they went about it. It is starting to seem like we are heading into some dark days um, of Reds baseball fandom. Obviously, there's a long winter ahead of us um, that maybe they surprise us and start. Well, and now you hear about Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, or not Castellanos, but Luis Castillo. Like, who's who's not on the trade block at this point? I mean, we did we did hear we did hear some of those. Uh... <clears throat> oh, Chad okay. said they. Chad says they released him before they had to exercise the option or buy it out. So it cost them nothing. Yay. Boo. Um, oh. You know, okay. so there's always, there's always talk, um, but it, it's usually, it usually seems like maybe it's like after the winter meetings that you start hearing like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, the reds are listening on this guy or they're listening on this guy. Um, obviously it's, probably malpractice not to listen on like obviously they're not listening on jonathan india right like they're not listening on him they're not no because he's making like two dollars an hour right they're not listening on tyler stevenson they're not listening i mean they're they're probably listening on joey Votto. um it would take obviously a big package and he's owed a lot of money and whatever it would it you're it's kind of malpractice not to listen on on the guys on your team that you know you could maybe move and get a haul back for um anytime you can make a trade and have a net gain for your team i don't think it's bad uh but that being said it is a little bit worrisome that you've got these things these rumors starting to fly uh five days ten days after the world series ends um it's going to be a very interesting uh, time in, in Red's fan kingdom here. I, uh, I disagree. I don't think it's going to be interesting at all. I think it's going to be us selling every piece that we've fallen in love with. And, and I, I think that it's just going to be a, a constant state of disappointment that continues to, all right, I'm, I'm already sad. And then it's going to get sadder. 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 And, all the time, we have Joey Votto sitting here wondering yeah. what he did to deserve any of this. Like, I, 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 I've got to wonder, like, I've got to wonder, like, does he go in? Like, he's got to. He has to. He has this to have year. The, the ability that he can, like, walk into Bob's office, right? And, Get me out of here. Call him on the phone and say, listen, like, if you aren't. If you Toronto's good. To I, I don't want I don't to want to be in the a, states anymore. Get me out of here. Send me to Toronto. I gotta go. And we've brought this up on the show, and I brought it up on the show last, like at the beginning of the year this year, uh, and I've tweeted it out numerous times. I hate the fact that there are some owners that look at it as something where they can make money, as opposed to a a chance to own a team that wins championships that's and not think, here and, and i think bob like bob get he gets even more hate poured on him like some guy tried to defend him 
and say that he brought the Reds off the doormat and the Reds were so, and I, the the Reds and as long as I can remember and look back um, hadn't had six consecutive losing seasons until I saw someone else Bob was the owner yes they 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 have gone to the playoffs they have they got a couple you know, central it I don't care I saw someone I else trying to, to put defend. a competitive team out there every year or at least try stop with the the penny pinching I I know what Aaron says you stop crying poor no because you're well, not yeah that I mean we already know that that's my point but somebody else started to defend him saying that he only owns 18 percent well if you only own 18 percent then what are we doing here get him out of here that's even easier to buy you out and whoever else is in your way Mark Cuban get it done somebody else for the love of God, own this team, please. Because like, this is this is bad for everyone. It's not good for the city. It's not good for this old-ass clown in the office. It's not good for anyone that wants to root for this team. Like, I just, I, 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 I have no words for how, like, I mean, infuriating. How infuriating it is. To sit here as a Reds fan, we've all been Reds fans. It's, it's it hurts. It, it drives me nuts. It hurts, that man. Someone would own a team and not do everything they can to make the team as good as it can be. Well, look at look at Atlanta right now with a generational talent like a Freddie Freeman. They've done everything they can to surround him with players that will build him up. Well, Why I mean, aren't we? Who, you know, they went out and got. They went out and made uh, some big moves there at at, at the uh, the the trade deadline. Why and, aren't we uh, doing the same for Joey Daniel <laughs> Votto? I mean, even beyond that, why aren't you doing the same for the city of Cincinnati? I don't. Truthfully, like I, I wouldn't the, be. Uh, people would be going to uh, chanting to build you a statue if listen, you man, could. I just. I'm, uh, I'm honestly less hurt for me at this point in time. Like it doesn't even make sense in my fandom. I've never said this ever, but I'm less hurt for me than I am for Joey Votto who lives, eats and breathes this shit and is stuck here doing God knows what for the rest of a career that is being pummeled into the ground for what man? For what? Just to make it in the Hall of Fame? Like, give you haven't even given him a chance outside of a couple of years ago when we got our doors kicked in by the San Francisco San Francisco Giants. Yeah, words are hard, aren't they? Uh, only because I've had way more to drink than you've ever had in any podcast. All right, I have I have I have four empties in front of me plus whatever I drank at the game. And I You're blame welcome. that on Chad for having everyone Venmo. Everyone. <laughs> um, I mean, it is what it is, and this is kind of like yeah, we get into this. Like, can we get can we get a Venmo sent to Ed Dash Mayhaw, please? Thank you. No. Um, so we just get into this circle of sadness here, uh, talking about Red's ownership and how disappointing and infuriating it is. And maybe, maybe uh, there is. Chad says you're welcome. Uh, 
But you know, may, maybe there is some uh, big thing that they're you know stockpiling all this cash for that isn't like you know a new car or Bob. I, I don't know. There's a long off season ahead of us, and hopefully, there's like happy things to talk about at the end of these podcasts. One day, uh, it seems like we talk about so much happiness, and then we. We then, usually you know, do like, end it with happiness. I mean, even the Bengals, the last four even weeks, the Bengals, like was like not like that's a, a that's sad, the thing, Jeff. A sad talk, but then we have get you, to the Reds. Well, have you not realized? Like even even a month or not a month, but several months ago, we used to lead off with the Reds because that was our happy place. Can we? I'm sure it wasn't. Can we not always be? Yeah, but we even even during that, it was like. Yeah, this team is is doing like you know they're performing above what you know we thought they would. Yeah, it only but took a month in spite they're winning in spite of ownership, and it then, only took a month for them to fuck that up. Whoa! Oh God, I'm I don't know. I I'm kind of done talking about the Reds. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> we're kind of done talking here. So, bum of the um, week. Bum of the week. Ed, you have that queued up? I do. I do have bum of the week queued up. To me, it sounds like you're filibustering to you hit the bum of the week. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be. A bum. Well, that hurts, man. Thanks for talking over that, Jeff. <laughs> all right. I'm just so chopped who's... liver over here anyway. So who's your bum of the week? I mean, My I... bum of the week? Who's your bum of the week? I don't know that I have a bum of the week right now, to be honest. Okay, well, <laughs> how about, uh, what's that guy's name for the Miami Heat? Butler? Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. Why? Jimmy? Because Jimmy Butler only wants to get up in dude's face after security comes in and then wants to back up uh, as he's, like, telling him to meet him outside, meet him in the pack. You know that Jokin or whatever that guy's name is, his brothers are going to come destroy him. Jokic. Yeah. Which, you by the way, I just found he, out about his brothers today. When he, that, uh, you didn't know about them? Again, already? I don't, I don't, I don't usually listen to uh, watch, um, NBA until it hits about Christmas time. I, I was going to say that, uh, my bum of the week, because I know who Aaron's going to use. So I'm not going, I'm not going to steal that one from him. Uh, but mine kind of relates here to the NBA. Uh, I think Markeith Morris, uh, is my bum of the week. Because you shoulder check somebody and then get laid out and then roll around on the ground like LeBron James. <laughs> like I was say, he looked like yeah. he looked he like LeBron this... James when he, nobody touches him. He started well. He I mean he got leveled. Like I'll give him that. Like the, the sure first, the, the the going down the first time. Like there, there was no saving that. But then he like got up and started to walk and then he like he like slow crumbled to the ground and like rolled back and forth like side to side. Like it was I mean. Look, you didn't, you didn't get annihilated like that. Like, yeah. You could stand back up and walk off the court. Speaking of not getting annihilated like that, we talk about the referee in the oh, Chicago Bears Pittsburgh Steelers game where you you have your hand on your flag before the guy even comes near you, and then you hip check him and throw a flag that is a very determining flag. In the outcome of the game, Jesus Christ, let's look into these Steelers games. They're all, all of them are just abhorrent 
in their outcomes. I'm over the Steelers. I'm over the referees. It's I like, hate everything. Can we get, can it's we like get Pat McAfee said today. We have to do something about these referees. We have to stop worrying about getting their feelings hurt when the guy up in the booth says, hey, man, you fucked up that play. Like, we have to stop worrying about that because they're afraid to do that. They said that on the show today that that the uh, the guy in the booth is afraid of, like, making the on-field guy look bad and then just waiting until the end of the game and saying, yeah, yeah, they screwed up. With sports gambling, and this is what Pat said, with sports gambling opening up in more and more states, like, we cannot have this kind of stuff, like, it's going to ruin sports gambling. It's going to ruin all kinds of stuff. If we, if we don't get these refs to take some ownership over their bad calls. The whole thing's a fucking mess, man. I mean, get them out of here. Get all of them out of here. They're all bums. Every all one of them. And this audio over me. All right. Ed. Um, I believe you went and uh, retrieved your notebook at the beginning of the the show. New notebook. And, and, Sixty uh, seconds. This, Ed, Left I want you to know that I, I talked face to face with Councilman Barnett, who is telling anyone and everyone that he can grab while inebriated at the at the Republic of Cincinnati tailgates that you're his favorite segment. And that you're the only thing that matters, apparently. I mean, I, of I, all I, of this. I've, I, I've rapidly good. been knocked down to number three and uh, chopped liver on this podcast. So go I'm, ahead, I'm, Ed. With I'm not your, sure. Uh, Aaron, you, do you have your uh, you have your uh, your timer ready Ooh. for for Ed's sixty seconds? Because he'll try. We know he'll try and cheat an extra three or four seconds on the beginning of this. I'm not going to lie. This one's going to get close. I have to. I, I don't. 100 of the time, every time. All right. Are you ready, Ed? Yes. Go. All right. So this week I decided to check out WWE SmackDown, right? They were in Evanston, Indiana. They were close to home. I'm a big Pat McAfee fan, so I decided to check out the SmackDown. Uh, I only reviewed one match because I was not very impressed with SmackDown. It is not the way that it used to be when I was a kid. So I reviewed the Happy Corbin versus Viking Raiders match. Uh, The Viking Raiders are some creepy and some big ass dudes anyways happy corbin looks like a real douchebag uh why is there a talk show for, for, before this match eyeball shorts look like yokozuma shorts so wwe has tv monitors for aprons like they don't have the old aprons you know what i mean like the tv monitors now and it's also on the ring post which is weird to me um oh my bad that guy's name isn't eyeball his name's eyebar uh big man did a cartwheel that was impressive these dudes just quit at the end of the match. What a bunch of stooges. They literally walked out and of the ring. And quit. time! Damn. Almost. Oh. <laughs> Here's my favorite thing. All of it? This st- Well, I mean, besides all of it. If this started out a few weeks ago. Ed did three matches. Last week, Ed did two matches. This week, Ed did one, one match, and he still can't get it in to the, the, the 60 seconds. Did I do three matches last week? No, the first week I did the, two matches. Oh, I did do three matches, yeah. Ed, CM Punk, Ed, yeah. Ed, I want you to look at the chat, and I want you to put the chat in, in the box, and I want you to talk about the chat. 
My stepbrother is wrestling tomorrow at an AEW taping in Indy. Not sure if it will be on TV ma- match, but can, but I can't get him on to talk some wrestling with you anytime you like. All right. I got to catch up on the AEW stuff. I haven't watched for a week. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bigger fan, though, of AEW than I am of WWE right now. Well, you, you, Ed, you're sneaking extra wrestling talk in. <laughs> you, you, 60 seconds, and that's it. It's, 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 it's Chad's fault for, for you, bringing you it were up given, in the chat. You were given a small reprieve because Chad put it in the chat. Technically, we shouldn't have given him any of that when he said that I'm doing WWE this week. Oh, Why? Yeah, we should have cut him off immediately. It's AEW talk. An AEW talk only. Lord, I'm looking at uh, Chad. I'm writing them down you, right now. Notebook. <laughs> this PTP notebook that should have notes about UC. The Bengals, the Reds, and he you see, you see football, sports. you see football, you see basketball, but it doesn't have anything to do with any of that. It it's is. Just, it is. It's, it's wrestling. It's wrestling notes. I think at some point I might start going back and reviewing like old matches, like Shawn Michaels and and Bret Hart were trending today on Twitter because apparently this day years ago. Um, All right. Shawn Michaels well, became champion. You're sneaking more wrestling talk. Mute him, man. Mute him. Mute him, Jay. Hey, real quick, though. Hey, 10 years ago today, tonight, I was in Nashville at the Country Music Awards. I said mute him. That wasn't what? wrestling talk. That's a hell of an experience right there. That's even worse. It's a hell of I was. All right. All right. Let's wrap this one up. This was, was an this episode. Close. I was this close to Tim McGraw. Christ Almighty. No one, no one cares. Ed, that's it. Christ Almighty. Ed lost privileges. That was an episode of Pardon the Punctuation for... God. I I struggle, but I still will say, Your one of my is... very best friends, Ed Mayhall. That's some bullshit. One of, one of the best producers here in this state of Cincinnati. Our other co-host, Jeff Howell. Maybe the maybe maybe the maybe the best maybe maybe the best like eight year old head coach in in hoops, right? That's that's where it is. Yeah, eight year old. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm Aaron Smith. We out. Was that the single ladies thing? <laughs> Bye.